This is One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, welcome to hour number three on a Buffalo Football Monday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, and pleased to be joined now by Bills radio color analyst Eric Wood, as he does every Monday after Bills games, at least when there isn't a Monday night game, which is the case next week, which we'll get into in a little bit. But Eric, let's begin here. Uh, I, as you know, as much as the offense was able to turn it on in the third quarter with that spurt that really kind of surged into the lead comfortably, and it was pretty much a decided game, uh, even though it was still a one score game, you never felt like the bears were going to climb back into it. Defense wire to wire really kind of carried this group on Saturday. I thought. Yeah, they did. And that first possession was concerning because we saw this Bills rush defense struggle against Miami. And then the first drive of the game, Chicago marches right down the field. Chicago comes in with the number one rushing attack in all of the NFL. And you just thought, I hope this can't persist throughout the game. This defensive staff, these defensive players throughout the season have been, uh, they've proven that they can make adjustments in game. We just didn't see it against Miami. They continue to be able to run the football for a majority of the game. And so when we saw Chicago come right out of the gates, it it was concerning. I'm not going to lie. You were thinking, okay, we got to come up with a different plan of attack here. The Bills started using more three linebacker sets, getting Taron off the field. And they, I think they just kind of settled into what the Bears were going to try and do to attack this Bills defense. And then for the remainder of the game, the clamps were down. And, you know, they score six more points throughout the game, three of which come on a turnover in their own end. And so it was a very impressive performance by this Bills defense, very dominant against the run. I mean, you talk about Justin Fields, who... Yes, they're, they're, they came in with three wins on the season, eliminated from the playoffs. But you have some young guys. Justin Fields talked throughout the week about how he is. He does recognize that he needs about 200 more yards to break the single-season rushing record for a quarterback. And he comes into the game uh, over these past three of his last five games. He's got runs over 55 yards. He's crushing everybody. He gets out in space. He's got those long strides, and he just takes it down the field. And the Bills hold him to one point. I want to get this right. 1.6 yards per carry, seven rushes for 11 yards. Hold him completely in check. And after David Montgomery starts the game extremely hot, he's under four yards per carry. Herbert, we thought may give him fits because Herbert's a little closer to what Mostert brings to the table with the Dolphins. And he averages 1.2 yards per carry on the game. That was a heck of a performance by the defense. And when you're playing in inclement weather like they were, sub-zero temperatures, wind chill, with the wind, Oftentimes, your defense needs to step up in those situations. It's been my point, and I don't know if you you agree. And uh, I've said it's kind of an illustration of why the Bills are the Super Bowl favorites, why they've won thirteen game or twelve games to this point, uh, or whatever it is, twelve games, and is because whatever they're good from top to bottom. That's why you get to the point where you're the Super Bowl favorites preseason. That's why you've, they've been able to overcome one of the most difficult schedules. They've been overcome the injuries. They've been able to overcome the quirky games. Uh, they are good enough to exploit whatever team they face. Most of them have some weakness, something they don't do well. They're good enough offensively to take advantage of it, of a defense that doesn't do something well. They're good enough defensively to exploit a weakness that the offense doesn't do well. They have beaten teams in every possible way imaginable this season. That's why. They're sitting atop the conference because 
like, for instance, the Bears had several weaknesses, all of which were exposed by the Bills, and that's why they've been able to beat good teams as well. Yeah, you're you're spot on there, Steve. And, you know, thinking back to the Browns game where the Bills passing offense in the dome, you thought, okay, this game gets moved to a dome. Here we go. Here comes the passing attack. And whether it was the lack of practice, whether it was Josh's elbow bothering him, whatever it was, the passing attack wasn't there that day. And they crushed the Browns on the ground, similar to this game in Chicago where they needed the ground game to step up. And it did. I'll tell you what I Devin Singletary has an excellent game. He's played at a high level. We we know what to expect from Devin. I'll say this, from week one James Cook to now week 14 James Cook, week 15 James Cook, I mean, unbelievable. It's unbelievable the progression that he's had through the season. You know, the days where he's tripping over his feet, getting to the hole because his body's moving a little quicker than his mind or vice versa, those days are over. And when he sees a crease, that explosion that he has is evident. Josh sailed the one pass to him and goes for interception. I think James Cook does a great job of staying quarterback friendly in front of him to get proper dump downs. And to me, he is more than justifying as of late that second round pick the Bills made him. And I'll tell you what. I, I almost think the turn, the turning point, the biggest turning point for me as I wrap my mind around James Cook's season was that early carry against the Browns where he didn't get the first down on the toss and he had a, just an awful cut on that play, just an awful read of blocks on the outside. From that point on, I don't know how many cuts he's missed at all. And I say missed cuts, oftentimes they're giving him zone runs where you kind of have the full line at your disposal. You could take it to the outside. You can cut it back and go all the way back across the formation. And he's just getting such a great feel for it. You want to talk about a weapon moving forward. You know, they bring in Naeem Hines thinking maybe he's that role. If James Cook can't come along, I don't know if that gives him a little extra nudge or what exactly happened to where it's clicking for him. He's been so impressive as of late. Yeah, and Naheem Hines made a nice play with that spin move after the catch. What was that, a swing pass or something, I think, and uh, got him deep in the red zone on a play as well. But you're right. I mean, Cook looks more decisive with his cuts, and when he's just playing, that's when his rare physical ability can take over. And I made this argument with Steve earlier in the show. Eric, you tell me what you think of this. It's clear to me that late in games when they have the lead, they trust Devin Singletary he's the guy on the field if this team's in a situation where they're down a touchdown at the end and they need a big play some tells me it's gonna be James Cook that's on the field especially as good as they are in two mid and putting pressure on teams you know you you see what speed can do to a defense and what they have to do from a respect standpoint when you see teams play against the Miami Dolphins I'm not saying James Cook has Tyree Killer or Waddle speed on the outside But that extra speed element scares defensive coordinators. It makes them play a different way at times. And James Cook brings that speed element out. He's able to hit the home runs. And look, Devin Singletary, he had long runs as well. He had that 33-yarder for the touchdown, and he's looked great as well. Those two guys are a great complement. And I was a touch concerned with the offensive line heading into this game because they did not play well in the second half against Miami once Mitch Morse went out of the lineup. Well, they get... You know, Bates comes back in this game. He plays center. He actually has to miss a few snaps, but he comes back with a little bit of a scare with that knee. Great to see Ike Bucker able to come in the game. You know, it was it was just very sparingly there, but he was able to play, you know, less than a year after um, that that Achilles that he tore. But I was concerned about the offensive line. And they and, and I, look, I'm a realistic. I know this defensive front for Chicago isn't tops in the league. 
but they had a great day against a defense for the most part that knew they wanted to run the football based on the conditions. One of the other things we noticed about this game also was that Josh spread the football around to everybody. I mean, the, you had like 10 guys get targets in this game. Nobody really, nobody got more than six, Gabe Davis, and they only threw the ball 26 times. So I get that as well. But what does it say about coming down the stretch here where so many guys are getting a chance to, uh, uh, to get the ball? I, and I see that it, it hurts the defense, but you're trying to win the game too. What does it say about, what the Bills offensive staff, what kind of mind frame they're in with all these guys getting targets. Yeah, they got a lot of weapons right now. There's a, there's a lot uh, a lot of targets for the ball to go around to. It's not just the Stephon Diggs show in the pass game every single week. And I'm not sure if that's a concerted effort with load management. We'll never hear that from the staff. Maybe right. maybe after a hopeful Super Bowl, maybe we get that information mid-February that, yes, towards the end of the season, we understood that if we give Diggs 10 targets a game, that may hurt us in the postseason. But as of late, he's not getting the high number of targets. That could be dictated by coverage, or it could be – dictated by just a little bit of load management. He didn't even have as many snaps in the last game as Gabe Davis. So it, it appears that there's a concerted effort that we don't want to wear digs out towards the end of the season, especially in a game where they're going to be doing a lot of run blocking anyways. We don't necessarily need to get him dinged up on the outside. But, I mean, you look at last game and you got guys like Quentin Morris and James Cook catching touchdowns. And, and this week, you get D Gabe Davis with the receiving touchdown. That ball is getting spread around enough. First play of the game, a nice pass to Dawson Knox, who's coming alive in the passing game. It just seems like there's a lot more weapons coming to the scene right now. And Cole Beasley gets one catch in, in each of the last two games. He's a guy that I want to continue to see get more and more work. I just think he can be a valuable asset, especially moving forward. And, and we talked about this last week, or maybe it was the week that they picked up Cole Beasley. Like, what? why exactly do you go out and get a Cole Beasley? And it's it's when teams are playing zone, let's call it second and 10. Yesterday, I believe it was a second and 19. Well, Cole Beasley gets you back to a third and manageable, and then you get the first down. That's the role that Cole Beasley can play moving forward. And, and I'm hoping, personally, just knowing his potential and, and where his role in the offense can be, that moving forward, he just gets more and more workload to where he's back on the exact same page as Josh come postseason. We were talking about the fact that the bills have one more practice squad elevation available to them for Beasley one more for Brown. So they're going to have to kind of handicap the next two games with one of those two guys, presumably over the last two weeks, Steve and I were thinking you play Beasley this week to give Josh the easy layups um, against a Bengals defense. That's probably better than a Patriots defense. And then you play John Brown against the Patriots defense in week 18 for his last call up, knowing he already played against them once before. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right in that assessment. And, you know, we're not hoping for injuries, but there could be injuries that happen that then it's a full elevate. You know, you just bring them up to the active roster come week 18. If somewhere happened injury wise, you play, in my opinion, you play Cole Beasley this week, you use that elevation and then see what happens from there. And then I believe you get unlimited call-ups in the playoffs and you you play with your best guys come that time. But yes, this is a Bengals defense that is, we'll see what the injury situation is with their defensive ends. 
but you know, they're a load up front and Cole Beasley becomes very valuable when a front can pressure and they can play coverage behind it. That's where he becomes so valuable. If you can get home with a four man pass rush, a la the jets and play zone or complex coverages behind it, which Cincinnati could do. That's when a Cole Beasley becomes very valuable. What do you think going forward is the, you know, with the season, two games left, the bills got, uh, a tough one Monday night against the Bengals, uh, but you look around and, you know, certainly they've got, uh, they're in the playoffs. They're not going anywhere. Uh, what about teams? You know, what's your best guess about you know, how this thing, if, you know, if the bills went out, Hey, cool, let's, let's play home games at, in Buffalo. But this is a team right now for the bills. To me, certainly you want these games at home. Absolutely. No question. But nobody wants any part of this team coming into the playoffs, in, the Chiefs included, just like the Bills know it's going to be the Chiefs or nobody else coming down the stretch here. Now, certainly the Bengals are in that conversation, but really that's kind of where, it, for me, at this point, at week 16, 17, it starts with Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals coming down the stretch here. And whether it's on the road or at home, the Bills have proven their ability to win in any of those situations. So what are your thoughts about you know those games and how they're going to transpire? Yeah, I mean, you you got Cincinnati and New England left. You win both of those. You're favored in both of those. I know you're just favored just by a, a small margin against the Bengals, but you know the, the the everyone talked about it this offseason. Their goal for this season was yes to make the playoffs, yes to win the division, but to host throughout the playoffs at home. They get knocked out at Kansas City the last two years. Their goal was to host these games at home, and they make them easier in the playoffs. And, you know, one thing that has held back this offense at times this season, let's call it Baltimore, let's call it Kansas City, early in games when teams are pressuring them and they can't check at the line of scrimmage because of the crowd noise, that has affected the offense greatly. If you can host those games in the playoffs, that that makes a big deal. You know, the – I, you know, I've watched the Bengals a lot. If if the Bills are off on the weekend, we've had so many primetime games. I've got to watch a lot of their games. They're one heck of a football team. This is going to be a heck of a matchup. I, I'll say this. I'd rather face them in, in Buffalo if they're facing off against the Bengals or Chiefs. Let them deal with the crowd noise. Let them make it harder on them to be able to check at the line of scrimmage because that just becomes a big factor. Yeah, and speaking of the Bengals, the thing that I – that I feel like I've kind of nailed down somewhat with Burrow and how he plays is yes, he's got an above average arm. He doesn't have a Mahomes or an Allen arm. Not many people do. And I think because of that Burrow's game resembles more of a Tom Brady type approach. I mean, yes, he'll throw it down the field, but he'll it's death by a thousand cuts. If you know what I mean, he'll, he'll just take the easy things that defenses give him the entire game. And I think sometimes Josh fights his own competitive nature and pushes it down the field, even when he has the, the quote unquote layups sitting there in front of him. And Burrow, I think is much more um, discerning in that kind of decision-making, which makes him so effective as a result. Do you feel he's that he's kind of a quarterback of that ilk? Cause he seems to take, a lot of the layups that we saw Tom Brady take for 20 years. Yeah. And, and that's not, you know, you're, we're comparing him to the greatest of all time, but we're basically saying that he's more preparation, cerebral, make smart decisions as opposed to the talent. Now Tom Brady has a lot of arm talent too, but we're in a generation of quarterbacks with 
Herbert, Allen, and Mahomes, where if you don't have an absolute hose, if you can't run a 4-5-40, then you're not on their physical echelon, and, and Burrow's not. Now, he's capable of making all the throws, but I think you're right, uh, Chris, and, you know, looking back to the Super Bowl last year, you know, you got two weeks worth of media coverage, and everyone was saying, you know, looking at Burrow's game, he's going to go at matchups here, and Rams have talent at corner. Well, he's going to attack the nickel. He's going to attack the zone coverage of the Rams, and he did. Tyler Boyd had a great game, and that's what he can do is attack you in so many different ways, and he also gets the ball to the backs out of the backfield, whether it's Perrine or Mixon, whoever's healthy and ready to go. They throw a decent amount of screens, and so those guys get a lot of production as well. They've gotten production out of their tight ends over the years with Burrow as well. Now, Burrow, like most quarterbacks in the league, becomes a lot more manageable to deal with when you can apply pressure on him. Think back to Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl last year and that interior pressure. He's not as mobile as a Mahomes or an Allen. Now they're without Lyle Collins, the right tackle. Yeah, just went out for the season. Yep, and so this is an offensive line. Yes, you feel better if you have Von Miller for these matchups, and this is what you brought him in for, but this defensive line is playing well right now. I mean, yeah. A.J. Epinesa, six and a half sacks on the season. Greg Rousseau's playing well. Ed Oliver, he stopped three third or four third downs himself against Chicago. Two sacks, two passes deflected at the line of scrimmage. He's playing great ball. And so getting pressure on Joe Burrow with a four-man rush, it makes those decision makers a lot more pedestrian. Yeah, and you get into these games with this, and it's nothing changes when you get, whether it's a big game or a small game, it's one up front. I mean, your offensive line has to hold up to a certain extent. Your defensive line has to hold the line of scrimmage. You've got to get penetrate, all that stuff. Uh, you've got Ed Oliver, who has been, you know, at times this season, monstrous. Uh, Jordan, Phil- Jordan Phillips, to me, he made a nice couple of plays in this Bear game, but that guy's playing with one arm. I mean, if you watch the broadcast, he made a tackle yeah. for a loss. His right, his right arm's dangling the whole play, and he brings the guy down for a tackle for a loss. Um, how effective he's going to be down the stretch is going to say a lot about how this goes. But you're, the Vaughn Miller factor is not a factor anymore. How good can this D-line be against somebody who's not the Chicago Bears? I, th- I think they could be great because they have been since Vaughn left. I don't know if it was them, everyone saying this defensive line is nothing without Vaughn, and that's kind of the narrative around the country. Oh, they brought in Vaughn Miller. Well, you know what? We brought in four other free agents as well. A lot of these guys are early in their career, and they're high draft picks that develop through time. It'd be nice to get back Boogie Basham as well, and, and indications are over the next couple of weeks we will. And so – there's a lot of talent in that room still. Would love to see Jordan Phillips get back to healthy. I saw exactly what you did, Steve. You know, he's throwing almost a a, a forearm shiver at guys with his good arm to, in order to make plays. But that's how talented that guy is, that he can be effective yeah. with only one yeah. arm out there. But but I truly do feel like this group is a is a defensive line that can win a Super Bowl and I've said it on here before, you can be led on your defensive line in the pass rush by your three technique and Ed Oliver. One thing I will say, you're right. Um, they lost Vaughn in the Detroit game, and since then, they won that game. He couldn't finish. He got out. He was out just before halftime. They won that game, and they got a four-game win, winning streak going on right now, and the D-line has played well in all of them. That four games is a long time to keep it going without a, a key guy, so there is that. Um uh, 
still, you'd love to have Vaughn, but you're right. Um, Four-game winning streak's not easy to do, particularly against the Patriots, the Jets, Dolphins, Bears. Uh, I mean, not they're not going against juggernaut quarterbacks. Right, they're not Steve, juggernaut yeah. quarterbacks, um, but they've been dominant in games where you think they should have been. And I don't know that before Vaughn Miller, they would have been able to do that, even right. against those teams. And just like we talked about early in the season when the Bills were starting, Benford and Elam and Dane Jackson, and the best friend for them is a great pass rush. Well, now you have Tredavious White back in the lineup. Dane Jackson's playing at a fairly high level. Kyir Elam's playing well, uh, really Johnson. well at times. Yeah, Taron Johnson's playing well. Well, they can be the best friend of the pass rush for the remainder of the season. As Tredavious keeps getting more and more comfortable out there, there, you got a shutdown. You have a lockdown corner out there. You have a nickel that has played well since the second he walked into the building. The other side, you have Kyir Elam, who you just assume will just keep getting better and better with reps, and he's played very well as of late. That can also assist this defensive line in their pass rush. Eric, thanks as always for the insight. We appreciate it. We're not going to see you before the new year, so happy new year. And uh, I know you'll enjoy the drive up to the game this week on Monday, much better than the one you just undertook to Chicago. Absolutely. Very short commute for me this week. Almost <laughs> feels like a home game for me. And, uh, and, and Merry Christmas, to all those out there tuning in. I hope that you and your loved ones are safe for everyone in Western New York. Um, you know, my family's thoughts and prayers have been with uh, the community up there. Wish everybody a happy new year and hope you guys have a great rest of the week. All right, Thanks, we'll Steve. catch up with you on the weekend. Thanks, Eric. Yep, see you guys. All right, that's Eric Wood joining us, as he does every week after Bill's games, usually on Mondays. Next week, he'll catch up with us on Tuesday because it's Bill's Bengals on Monday Night Football in Week 17. That is going to be a gigundo game for sure. Uh, we are going to take a break here. When we come back, it is tweet sheet time to get some of your thoughts there. As we were asking you on the heels of the Bills win over the Bears, what is the most important thing for the Bills with just two games remaining in the regular season? We'll get to some of those comments next here on One Bills Live presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 